Last week's meditation focused on the first half of the Easter story, and we're continuing on with that. We're finishing up the Easter story this week, which initially felt a little weird to me. Somehow Easter is already over and gone, and it's like this big thing has just passed. <laughs> but for us, for us here, it's not over yet. We're still sort of wrestling with the second half of the Easter story. The first half, um, you know, I invited us really to look squarely at the, the suffering and the death. And it was because I believe that if we really want to understand the full meaning of rebirth uh, and the full meaning of redemption, that we have to understand the death can't just skip right to rebirth. Before I begin, I'd like to make a distinction between Jesus and the Christ. Very often the term Christ appears as part of Jesus's name. You know, we say Jesus Christ. And sometimes you actually hear the word Christ as a title. For example, Christ Jesus. Matthew 16, we actually have a line that says, Jesus, who is called the Christ. It is a title. And this is the term. Uh, the Christ is a term. It comes from a Greek translation of the Hebrew word for the anointed one, the Messiah. And at the time of Jesus, there was no unified understanding of Judaism. Some Jews believed that someone was going to come and deliver them from suffering and persecution. The Messiah, the Deliverer, the Christ. In this situation, the Christ, the sacred power that saves humanity, that rescues humanity, that revives and restores the meaning and purpose of our lives was understood as coming through a single person, coming through a prophet. And it's here that the story of the suffering is so important, the suffering of the Christ. So when we talk about the Christ, it's a habit in our culture to talk about a man who lived 2,000 years ago. But the Christ is this sacred power, and it's much larger than any one man, and it continues as a presence among us today. If we take the suffering seriously, we encounter the death of a man, but the death was only one half of the Easter message. The other half of the message is that rebirth is possible. Something must die, but there is resurrection. And we know this from our own story. Each of us knows this from our own story. As we have struggled through the journey of our lives, we know that rebirth requires death. We cannot be the person we want to be without the person we are right now, dying first. And we cannot be the culture we want to be without the culture we are right now, dying first. Dying is never easy. There are so many attachments, attachments to all those aspects of our lives that we believe give us definition. 
that tell us who we are, attachments to what we believe is right and what we believe is wrong. Now, some people talk about enlightenment or awakening or as being the death of the ego. But personally, I find this obfuscating. The, the ego does not disappear. It cannot disappear, and nor should it. Nor should we try to have it disappear. If I'm unable to distinguish myself from others, then I'm left in a paralyzed position. Enlightenment or awakening is not the death of the ego, but the death of our attachments to the ego. Without the ego, we would be unable to act in the world, but without attachments to the ego, we are able to let go of that feeling that we are separate beings. We're able to see the distinction that allows me to act. But I am also aware that I'm part of the same being, that we are the same being. Death of our attachments allows us to awaken to the great becoming of existence. When we speak about the coming of the Christ, those who are attached to the personhood of Jesus believe that some first century Jewish carpenter is going to return. And those who are attached to the personhood of Jesus not being the Christ struggle to understand the concept of the coming of the Christ in any way. But I do believe the Christ is coming, or rather, more accurately anyway, becoming. It will not be in the form of a single person, but rather as millions of people who have encountered a spiritual awakening, who died to their attachments, and who come to understand themselves not as separate beings, but as a living embodiment of this sacred power of the divine, the, the Christ, the thing that can transform and redeem. I believe this is each of you. You are the embodiment of the becoming Christ, not as individuals attached to your egos, but as spiritual beings who made your way here because something in you is awakening, something that is aware that it is dying, something that is aware of the suffering, something that knows it must perish if it is going to be reborn. It is a spiritual awakening that is becoming out of the vast suffering of the world, as well as the great desire to awaken from it. If we want to take responsibility for the burning world, there is only one response. We must die to our attachments so we can embrace the becoming Christ, the Christ comprised of millions of awakened beings. The awakening is grounded in the suffering. It's not a dismissal of it. It is not a dressing up or a smoothing over of it, just as you did to the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. We are all connected. When we understand ourselves not as distinct individuals, separate from being, we will understand the meaning of what this story is all about. And it's here that a new humanity will be reborn. The Christ, this sacred power of the divine, the redeeming power is becoming 
The anointed is becoming, the deliverer is becoming, and it's all of us. We know the awakening is happening because we can feel it. Sometimes it feels like there's a crisis coming, but just underneath that, we can also see that it is an awakening. Our call from the divine is to make haste, to put down our attachments, to set aside all of those things that keep us from seeing ourselves as indivisible from creation. And when we do this, we will all be able to sing hallelujah under the sun as one great being. I invite you now to join me in three minutes of silent meditation. This meditation was delivered live at the Seekers Table Sunday Gathering held at 6 p.m. Eastern. Anyone can participate in the Sunday Gathering and it's an excellent time to ask questions about your spiritual journey and to meet other seekers on the path. If you'd like to join us, simply type join.theseekerstable.com into your browser and it will redirect you to the Zoom room where we meet every Sunday at 6 p.m. If you're new to spiritual discernment and are looking for some guidance on how to start, I offer a free five-day class called How to Add Meaning to Your Life, which can be found at theseekerstable.com. And I love to engage with people on Instagram. Several times a week, I answer questions about the spiritual life that have been sent in to me. So please check us out there and send me some questions. I really want to talk to you and find out a little bit more about where you are and who you are. Most of all, this is about building a community. So come and take your seat at the Seekers Table. I look forward to meeting you.